How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We, <clears throat> you know the song. Relax the rock. It's a Scotty's Vodka Relax Red Bull Friday, baby. Scotty's Vodka, Maryland made, amazingly smooth, and loved shot, throughout shot, the DMV. Shot, 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 shot. People love vodka. People love PFT commenter. PFT joins us via the BetQL guest line. Barstool (laughs) Sports, pardon my take, the biggest podcast in the damn planet. PFT, what's up, man? How are you? Good morning, guys. Doing great. How are you? We are doing fantastic, young man. How you feeling? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm actually, I'm just getting over uh, round three with COVID. About to be back to back to back. Uh, COVID survivor right now, kicking its ass. So I'm doing good. I'm doing good. This, This strain that I've got right now is mid. But it's pretty contagious, so uh, just trying to isolate myself. Uh, just watch a lot of All-22 this week. So just been hunkering down, listening to Miley Cyrus, and uh, and, and watching football on TV. That's about it. She got a new album coming Bourbon and some warm tea. Oh, listen, it, it might be Vodka Red Bull Friday for you guys. It's Hottie Toddy Friday. That's not Hottie Toddy's underrated, underrated that- drink, and uh, I owe probably 90% of my recovery right now to Hottie Toddy's. <laughs> well, we hope you get all the way back. Yeah. Um, obviously, a million things happened after this, but I remember very, very early on when coronavirus first started becoming a thing as an AWL of pardon my take. And this is like when it was big and like it was it was really going bad in Italy and across the, the across the ocean from us. And you kept saying, like, yeah, but who has coronavirus played? Coronavirus ain't played Bama. I remember that and always thought it was so hysterical, dude. Yeah, no, we were saying that Corona's only one in China. It can't, it can't win on the road. It hasn't proven anything. Uh, a lot happened after that. We oh, learned. yes, it did. We learned lots, but in yeah, the we, moment, it was hysterical. Um, we, we might have taunted COVID a little bit too much right off the bat. And, uh, and we did. We gave it some bulletin board material. Definitely, definitely press clippings. Regret, yeah. Um, well, dude, I, obviously some, some real news this week. Um, Scott Turner's out as the commander's offensive coordinator. Um, I think you. I, I know that you and Scott usually have two beers at the combine. Um, what do you think of the decision? Uh, I mean, I'm gonna. I'm gonna have to wait till I, I get done with my yearly meeting with Scott at uh, Prime Fifty Seven on Thursday night where we have our annual two IPAs and then we go on our merry way. Isn't but, it 47? Um, I, I, prime 47. I always forget. It's uh, whatever <laughs> it is. It's got, some, it's got some good steak. You walk in, Andy Reid is always just finishing up his three-steak dinner that he has every year with his agent. And then he just calmly lets himself out and then the party devolves into debauchery. But um, I, I I like Scott. I think Scott's a good dude. He's, he's become a friend of mine um, and I've known him for a while. And so I want to root for him. 
I don't think that the situation was was pointing in a good direction. If you just look at the numbers, it's it's hard to justify keeping him around based on what the offense has been able to do. Um, I think that a lot of that does have to do with the uh, the fact that we didn't really have an identity as a football team at all mm-hmm. the entire time that, that he was here. There was no stability. So it, it w- it's a bad situation, I think, um, and it's tough to win. And unless you're a truly remarkable offensive coordinator, um, what we've seen with the turnover here has been uh, – it, it's a recipe for disaster. So it's like one of those jobs where I was happy for him when he got it, but at the same time it's like, listen – you don't have Cam Newton here. You don't have you don't have a, a superstar that's going to make life easy on you. So um, I, I think they probably made the right decision, and it was the only decision that they could make uh, really going into this offseason where they're not going to fire they're not going to fire Ron. So they can just you know let let, let Turner go, and and that can be the blame for their offensive struggles. Now I am a little bit worried about the fact that Scott Turner might get picked up somewhere else. I don't know. Let's just say he goes out to Denver. He becomes offensive coordinator. He becomes a quarterback coach out there. Fixes Russell Wilson, and then in five years, uh, Scott Turner is going to be on the graphic right next to Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan, Matt Lafleur, Mike McDaniel, about like former uh, Washington offensive coordinators and coaches that have gone on to do big things. That's what I'm worried about. That I mean, I'm rooting for him to have success in the future, but I can see a world where he goes somewhere else, takes a step back with a good quarterback and then ends up just dominating us for the rest of rest of my 30s and 40s. Dude, we were joking that they're going to run out of space on the graphic if they had to add Scott but Turner. Do we really look at that situation? If he were to leave here and go somewhere for five years and then become a coach, is that really somebody that was in-house that we were going to hire? Because right now, based off of what Scott has shown here, nobody's going to hire him as a head coach. So if he's a head coach five years from now, I think that graphic, he doesn't fit on that. Like a lot of these yeah, other guys don't fit on that. But – Oh, I know. I, I know, but it's just it's Schefter that loves to dig it in on us. It's yeah. Schefter that just loves to be like, "Hey, uh, look at all these guys that that went out the door." Sometimes I think this might be like a little bit narcissistic, but sometimes I think that Schefter puts that out just to make me mad because he knows every year at the combine we sit down, we have a little airing of grievances, and and I I've made it very clear to him that some of those coaches don't fit on that list, and he just puts it out more frequently. Um. PFT, I, I want to ask you this because I, I, I'm with you. Um, I, I don't know that Scott did enough. He didn't do enough to guarantee that he sticks around, right? Mm-hmm. But I do think he is kind of getting the brunt of criticism and frustration that really is aimed at Ron. And so Ron had to make some sort of move. And, and, and Scott, in a way, is a scapegoat here. I, I think it's like... 50-50 almost, not uh, of production versus scapegoat. Where do you weigh in on that? Yeah, I think it, I can see both sides of it. I think you're right. I think 50-50, and I'm not trying to straddle the fence here, but I think that's the right position because you know that the, the numbers just didn't add up. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to justify keeping around a guy that, that finished in the bottom third of the league for the last few years um, if it doesn't show like clear signs of improvement. I guess – the only argument that you could make for keeping him around, besides the fact he's a good guy and I like him, uh, is that I think uh, you know you've got a, a rookie quarterback in Howe, and he played one game and he did okay. But there's an argument to be made that if there's a level of, of comfort there, if he shows signs uh, of of promise, if you've watched him progress over the year, and if Scott has had something to do with his improvement over the year, and you're planning on putting him 
into uh, into the starting position next year, then there's an argument that you can make about uh, about keeping him around in that situation. But besides that, I don't think that numbers wise, there's a reason to keep him around. And also at the same time, like I I I think that there needed to be a scapegoat. There had to be like it all <laughs> like we've talked about in off season where it's just straight up uh, continuity is not going to work in this situation. So they had to let somebody go. But then ultimately when you look at it, you talked earlier about us having an identity. Well, Scott has never been, has the identity of being a, a guy who's going to run the ball all the time. He wants to toss it around. But three years right. into it, you say, well, you know, we want to run it two, two to one. I don't think that we have an identity even now. So what, what's really the concept? You know, we're going to always say make it to what we think when it's not what we were doing. For three years, you allowed him to do that. You didn't talk to him about it? Right, right. There, there was no identity, and, and that has to go on Ron. Like, there, trust me, this this mess that we're in should probably fall squarely on Ron's shoulders. But the reality is that we're kind of handcuffed to him right now. Hmm. So, talking with our friend PFT Commenter from Barstool Sports and the Part of My Take podcast, you can give him a follow on Twitter and Instagram at PFT Commenter. Um, I don't know if you've seen this yet, uh, PFT, but this morning Mike Garofolo reported that. The commanders reached out to Jim Caldwell about the offense coordinator job. He said, thanks, but no thanks. I only want to be a head coach. Um, I think there's real skepticism, perhaps, that the commanders are going to be able to land an offensive coordinator of their choosing, uh, you know, kind of their top top of their list, and they might just kind of land with somebody else. Um, what do you think of this offensive coordinator search we're going to see? It's going to be tough. You're, you're right. Like, who who wants to come into this situation? It's going to be going to have to be like a friend of Ron Rivera's, basically. Like somebody that that he's worked with in the past. Maybe somebody that's down and out that that hasn't seen uh, an opportunity in the league for a while and wants a second chance. I don't. I honestly don't know. Maybe it could be like a former player that that uh, has been a position coach for a little bit that's hungry. But I don't. There's no chance that we're going to get like a premier. Premier head co- uh, like uh, a premier um, play caller in this situation it just doesn't it doesn't add up. So I have no idea who he's going to tap into. Get get uh, Pep Hamilton back here. He's got experience in DC. Former DC defenders head it's coach. True. He was he was funny. You say that. Calling... What's that? <laughs> say funny. You say that. What's that? I was thinking that would be a great guy. Yeah, I, listen, I I like Pep, and and he has a he has a history of developing quarterbacks. He does. He's a great quarterback. Wasn't he called and plays in Houston this past year? Did he, he have a quarterback here this year? He worked with. He worked with Luck. He's worked with people when they were in college as well. And he has a way better reputation than Scott Turner had. I'm just saying it's it, it's kind of tough to hire a coordinator coming off a season where they were 31st in yards and 30th in points. We hired a coach that we got fired as a head coach. What, what, what were you talking about? I mean, if we're going to talk about that, the guy we got fired in an awful season got hired as our head coach, and I was president. In, I don't know enough about Pep. I, I'm just saying he's coming off a really bad year in Houston. Maybe the situation in Houston was just bad for everybody. I think I think for Pep, uh, you got to look at the totality of, of where he was at. He was brought in, you know, he thought that he would be there for a while, but I think a lot of people around the league, uh, we're, we're skeptical from the start that, that Pep and Luddy were going to stick around. It seemed like they were being hired to fired and put, he was rolled out there with a combination of Davis Mills and Jeff Driscoll <laughs> at quarterback. And, uh, you know, they, they had a lack of talent at almost every position 
on the field. You could make the argument that they had a good running back in Damian Pierce before he got hurt. But besides that, they had, they had no talent on that offense. Yeah. And, and Bemich is right. Like, Pep has a track record of being a very good quarterback's coach and very good on the offensive sure. side of the ball. Let's, but this is kind of the situation that we're in right now. We're going to have to find, like, a silver lining with whoever we bring in. We're not going to get, like, a, a hot name to come in and be an offense coordinator for us. We have to find somebody that might be looked at as being either on the downside of their career or somebody that, that's not one of these premier names and convince ourselves that we can work with them because we just don't have, we don't have the luxury of time right now. So um, I, off the top of my head, Pep seems like as good an option as any as we can have. So that, that's, that's kind of where my two cents land, but I'm sure there's some names out there that I'm not thinking of. For me, and, and this is, I don't, I'd rather kind of swing to an unknown. There's a, a and, and I'm a McVay guy. So there's a young guy named Thomas Brown that's on the Rams staff. And uh, he is, the way Sean talks about him, I've talked to other people in the league about him. And he is the kind of guy that is really like turning heads. Um, apparently, Houston called him for a head coaching interview. Uh, a, a guy like that is what, when Sean. I mean, this guy went to Georgia, was running backs coach um, and tight ends coach, and they uh, they named him assistant head coach to probably give him a pay bump. This is a young guy. Um, it's a it's a minority candidate that is something I think the commanders would like to try to do. At least I, I would think like Jason Wright would like to try to do. And and I'd just be excited at at the prospect of giving somebody a chance that NFL people think is going to be a home run perhaps eventually, and that's kind of my horse in the race. I really liked Caldwell. Obviously, that's not happening now. But, dude, who knows? This is going to go a million different directions, and and I think it might land on Mike Shula, who's, a, who's to your point, a, a former Panthers coach with Ron that, yeah. that is available. Yeah, that, that seems like one of the blueprints that we might have to follow. Like a guy that just knows Ron, that Ron will be like, come in, the situation's messed up, but just trust me, we can make it work at least for a little bit until the team gets sold. Do you want a paycheck? Okay, here's a job for you. That might that might be the situation that we might find ourselves in. Um, besides that, you know what name would be intriguing to me, but I I don't know that he'd want to come work here. Would be Bill O'Brien as an offensive coordinator. Hmm. So Bill Bill O'Brien, um, he's been kind of like reworking himself down in Alabama for a while, kind of figuring himself out again. He's probably going to get invited back to New England. That would be my guess, but. Bill O'Brien, I think that we as a country need to apologize to Bill O'Brien, at least Bill O'Brien, the head coach, for the slander that we it's put true. on his name for the last two years that he was in Houston. He went 52-48 and 48 as the head coach of the Houston Texans. And given what that franchise is involved in, that's, you know, that's, that's a, a legitimately good record that you could have. 52-48, and 48, got to the playoffs a few times. He's a good coach. I do a podcast with Arian Foster, and Arian keeps talking about what a great offensive mind Bill O'Brien was and how the players absolutely loved him when he played there. Mm. Uh, I think he ran into some problems towards the end when he also named himself uh, general manager. And then GM Bill O'Brien, having to deal with that front office in Houston, had to make some bad decisions. I don't know how many were his idea and how many he kind of got pushed into by that ownership group. But uh, as far as head coach Bill O'Brien goes, he's a good head coach. And remember, he went to Penn State right at the in the middle of the San yeah, when that was impossible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when when they took away all their scholarships, they pretty much nuked the entire program. 
and the only guy that they could find to coach there was Bill. And Bill came in, and he turned. He had a winning record at Penn State when they were in the middle of all those sanctions. He's a good X's and O's head coach. I would love to see Bill O'Brien get a shot at D.C. That said, if he gets a call from Bill, he's going to go back up to New England in yeah. a heartbeat. Yeah, but, and, but still, it's worth exploring. You wonder if he doesn't want a head coach job. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He, he so, may think he's he, he's too good to be a— uh, It's one thing to go work for Belichick, who was go. his boss that brought him into the NFL. He may think he, he's right on the level playing field with Ron. So I, I, speaking of Bob, though, he was with the Terps. He was um, on Ralph Friedgen's staff with Maryland in the early 2000s, and I had a couple buddies on that team. Scott McBrien, everybody loved him, and and that's going back 20 years to a college role. Um, I I think Bill O'Brien would do a good job. When you talk about Bill O'Brien having success with Houston, I, I this comes across as a joke, but I think there's some level of seriousness to it. Obviously, what Joe Gibbs did here from you know 1980 to 1993 is incredible, and he won three Super Bowls, went to another one, you know, Hall of Fame coach, all of that. Mm-hmm. I think it's entirely possible that the most impressive thing Joe Gibbs ever did was go to the playoffs two out of four. Second time, two out of four years under Dan Snyder's ownership. Yeah. He's the only dude that can win a playoff game under Dan Snyder's there ownership. There you go. Like that, that's true. He he managed to squeeze uh, 42 air yards out of Mark Brunel and got a playoff win. How about that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Um, yes. Uh, PFT, the last thing I wanted to ask you about, and thank you so much for making time for us. Um, B and I just booked our spot in Arizona, so maybe we can drink some beers when we're out there. But um, what do you think of Derek Carr? Derek Carr, uh, I think he's nice guy. Derek Carr, good guy. Uh, do not want him within 400 nautical miles of the Washington Commanders. <laughs> I, I, think, I think he's a fine quarterback. Uh, he's, he seems like, I don't want to use the phrase damaged goods, but he's been like mentally, he seems like he's not having a good time playing football and he seems like he's unsure of himself. It's almost like the sense of what I got with Carson when he was, when he started to go through a little downturn with the Colts last year, that's kind of the vibe that I'm getting from Derek Carr right now where he, he kind of, he doesn't trust his arm. He's been beaten down. He's had some high profile failures. And he seems like he's just he's at the he's at his wit's end. He needs to go somewhere to be like completely rejuvenated. And I don't think that we've established the Washington Commanders franchise as a place where people like uh, we're we're not like a, a, a rescue place where people can go no. and like find their forever home. You he, know, gets like, he gets a chance people, to choose basically where he wants to go. And, you think he's going to choose here? And people thought Carson would come here, and this was the right place. This ain't the right place, man. No, this is the this is the right place if you're. 100% already set up for fail or for success, <laughs> and you're bringing in like all your own weapons with you. This is like a, we're like a latchkey organization. We're not like you can't you can't expect us to do the rehabilitation part for you. If you come here messed up, you're going to leave twice as messed up as when you got through the store. Mm-hmm. So I, I I think he's going to be traded somewhere. Um, I I can't see a situation where uh the where he would be cut and then he would find a new place to go. So it, somebody's going to have to take on that big contract that he has. And he's, it's a pretty massive one. I think it's like he's due $40 million next year. Yeah. To me, he just, he, he screams Indianapolis Colt. He just seems like the next Colt quarterback. Doesn't he just based on what yeah. we've seen over the last like three or four I years? Think it's Colts or Jets. Yeah. I, I could actually talk myself into him being successful on the Jets just because the rest of that team is so good. Where all they need is like a uh, a slightly 
below-average quarterback would still get them to the playoffs. So uh, he might be good in that situation, but also he is not going to like the New York media if he comes here. He's no. not going to like that at all. Um, I, I, I know you're, you're, you're rehabbing from COVID, so I don't want to leave you with a sad thought, but I got this tweet from Jake Siders, and it is sadly, wildly accurate. He says, it's very fitting that this commander's team is just a Trent Williams and Kirk Cousins away from being good. Oh, man, come on. Sorry. I mean, <laughs> how on. accurate is no, that? No, I, th- I think about it all the time, especially with Trent. Like, I, so when the, the Pro Bowl and AP votes were coming out uh, for, for first team, the first thing that I did, I didn't, I didn't go on there looking for, to see if there were any commanders on there because, obviously, aside from Reeves, that, that was not going to be an issue. The first thing I did was I went to the left tackle position to see if Trent Williams made all pro because I still root for the guy that much. Like that, that, that's that's what you do this time of year as a commander's fan. You just you you think about the guys that put in their dues on this team that that left under uh, you know issues that were not necessarily their fault or left because of understandable grievances, and you start to root for those guys in the playoffs. So I want I want Trent Williams to get a Super Bowl ring. He's one of my favorite players. He was one of my favorite players to watch when he was here, and uh, and and he deserves all the success that he's having. But yeah, Kirk Cousins, I cannot say the same about. I will be. Because I, I got a bet where if oh, Kirk you have to Cousins, get a tattoo, right? If he wins the Super Bowl, I have to get Kirk Cousins' face tattooed on my ass. So <laughs> I'm not, I'm not rooting for him officially. I think you're safe season. this year. <laughs> I can see yeah, B starting be. to root for him just so you have to get a butt tattoo. <laughs> no, I, I don't want to see that tattoo. <laughs> BFT, thank you as always, man. We always right, man. appreciate your time. All right, you guys have a great weekend. Take right, care, buddy. Feel better, buddy. Thank you. That is. The legendary PFT commenter. Give him a follow, Twitter and Instagram, at PFT commenter. Don't go anywhere. We're talking bills. We're talking wild card weekend. Going to be a busy, busy show. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone. Whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified, diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. 
Toyota. Let's go places.